Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you know the drill, like button, subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Also, while you're there, check out Between the Hashes. It's my son Matthew's weekly look at the big college football games of the week. Comes out every Friday. So give that a view, a listen, a like, a subscribe, all that good stuff. Well, actually, you're subscribing to Empire Media. So you'll already be there, but check out Between the Hashes. There's also Alls Caps, A-L-Z, Caps. That's with former Washington defensive, the former Washington Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner and AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Good information on the Washington Capitals. Today, I'm joined by the Athletics, Mike Jones, who, of course, used to cover the Washington franchise, then the Redskins, now the Commanders. And he's now with the Athletic as a national football reporter. Um, I wanted to bring him on to talk about the sale, the potential sale, his thoughts on all that, what he's hearing around the league, all that good stuff. We get in some really good stuff. We also talk a little bit about the Eagles since Washington plays them on Monday night. That's kind of an insight into the Eagles. And then a little bit of a, some of the things going on here with Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, some thoughts on that and the direction of this franchise and where he thinks they're at besides just a four and five record. But one thing we did not get into is all the stuff that happened after the interview, because we taped that on Wednesday morning, and then subsequently the Attorney General's office, D.C. Attorney General's office, released a, a statement about a press conference on Thursday at 1 o'clock. So if you're listening to this, you're probably, you may already know what was in the press conference. Uh, check out ESPN.com for further information of the story. Check, I'm sure, social media. Check out my Twitter handle. Uh, my colleague Tisha Thompson will be covering the press conference. Anyway. We, Mike and I taped it before that, and then it, that's important because the, the attorney general's office said they're going to make a major announcement regarding their investigation in the, into the commanders. But then what it also led to is more statements by this organization, and one of which went viral in a horrible way for the organization, and it was a terrible, terrible look. So their statement referenced running back Brian Robinson without by name, but certainly by what happened to him with the shooting in D.C. and basically saying the attorney general's office should be more worried about things like that than, you know, than this investigation in essence. Well, I can tell you, not everybody in that organization was very happy with that statement. I don't think, and I know that I've never seen a statement that they've released that has gone viral in this way, um, the number and the outrage that it, that it um, led to. It's it was unprecedented to me. Now clearly, there's been a lot of outrage over this about this organization over the last several years, and longer for some, but certainly over the last couple of years. But as far as a statement, this was I've never seen anything like this. Again, universal outrage over how they portrayed this and trying to trying to use the situation with Robinson to either garner support or to deflect or to whatever it is they wanted to do. Anyway, what I know 
is that there, again, there are multiple people in that organization who were not happy about what was released. I don't know who ultimately was the decider for this statement. I know that the way it typically goes, Dan Snyder has a chief communications officer, Jean Medina. She reports directly to Dan. So I'm, clearly, those two would have been involved. And then there would have been Jason Wright released a statement later in the night and, and referenced their external lawyer, which would be John Brownlee. So it could have been those three involved in it. That would be a guess, but that's just a guess. I don't know who ultimately either authored it, okayed it, whatever, who quote unquote ordered the code red, as Jack Nicholson once said. But that's what I can tell you. What I also know is that Jason Wright put out a statement of his own later in the night. And he talked about the efforts by the by the DC police to um, in, the, in the Brian Robinson shooting. But he also said at the end, the lawyers, and he's talking about Brownlee in, in the statement, the lawyers' legitimate frustrations with the AG should have been separate and apart from referencing the terrible crime that affected our player. End of quote, end of statement. And that's what needed to be said. And he probably could have gone harder, but I'll be honest, like you don't, that's basically a um, rebutting their own statement or saying that it was wrong or bad without saying that. So anyway, an unusual night, even for the commanders. And here, that's where we're at. The other thing what that what that statement did is um, the original one was created an unnecessary distraction for a team that's coming off a tough loss and needs to go up to play a, the, maybe the best team in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday. But on Thursday, what they'll get are a lot of questions about Brian Robinson in that statement. Now, they, you can diffuse it, and Robinson can diffuse it by saying he doesn't want to talk about it. That's fine. His agent talked about it, and his agent was livid about it. You can go check out his comments on social media. That's His name is Ryan Williams. That's also in the story I wrote for ESPN.com. You can see that. You can go to my Twitter feed, at John underscore Kime. The, the quote or the tweet will be there. But again, he was livid. And I don't believe that anybody talked to Brian Robinson before this came out. And again, agent was pissed. And you don't typically see a lot of things like this. And even the agent said that prior to that, that everything they had done with him had been very, very good. So, and I'm sure that there were conversations with between higher ups maybe even Ron Rivera and the agent and probably Brian Robinson, but I don't know that for sure. Um, but that's just typically how these things go. But again, so you have Ron Rivera coming back off his mom's funeral. He, that was on Tuesday. And on the first day back, he's got to deal with another situation like this that was created by the team. If it's just about a press conference by the AG's office, depending on what was said, probably doesn't have to answer too much. Um, he can just say, I, that's separate from me. But in a situation like this, it does involve his player, and you wonder about how that affects the player, et cetera. So it will be up. You may not like it being a topic, but unfortunately, they created the topic, and so that's where we're at. Anyway, just an unnecessary situation, and that's where that's where we go. But having said all that, now let's turn to a little bit on the field for one minute regarding Chase Young and Jahan Dotson. With Chase Young, clearly he's going to practice this week, there was con concerns or, or they wanted to make sure his conditioning was up to par before they play him. They also want to make sure his technique is right and, and not as rusty as they said last week before they play him. I don't know if that means he'll play Sunday, excuse me, Monday, but I know there's a chance, certainly a, a good chance of that happening, but we may not know until Sunday if Young will be available. And I, you know, it's funny because sometimes I get like, oh, they shouldn't rush him back. They're not rushing him back. This has been a year. So that that's they have taken their time because they want to make sure that when he gets back out there, 
he can play and play the way he needs to. It's going to take time. And if he has a slow start, it doesn't mean he's hurt still. It just means he needs to get back into it. And that does take time when you've missed that much football and you're coming off that kind of an injury. With Jahan Dotson, there's optimism. Last week on Friday, Scott Turner said that he felt Dotson would play this week. We'll see. Those, those hamstring issues can be very tricky. So I would say take it day by day. There's optimism. There was optimism last time, and then he tweaked his, his hamstring on a route. So we'll see what there. But I think, like I said, there is optimism, and that's where we stand. Anyway, that's it from me. So let's get to my conversation with the Athletics' Mike Jones. Again, it was taped before all the stuff that came out later in the day. So that's why we don't talk about it. But there's a lot of other stuff to get into, especially with the sale of the team. And I think that's where the focus needs to be because that affects this franchise going forward. So here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mike, before we get going, people need to be updated where you're at now. You bounced around a couple times now. You're you said, hey, you're the Washington Post. Now, yeah, help you. You're now at the Athletics. So tell people where they can get you and what they can do to find find your good stuff. Yeah, so I'm, uh, let's see, I guess is it, this is November. I guess I've been here about a month, a little bit more than a month now at The Athletic. Um, still covering the NFL from a national perspective. Um, it's different because, you know, there it's a, it's a much bigger team where you have, you know, yeah. one and two beat writers assigned to every single team. And so I still, um, you know, have my fingers in a lot of stuff and just figuring out my lane, but uh, doing big picture things and, and analysis and, and commentary. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I'm still on Twitter at by Mike Jones. I, when I went to USA today, I switched that handle. I was like, okay, by Mike Jones, no matter where I'm working, I won't have to keep changing. Um, you know, who knows if Twitter will be around very much longer. Um, but, nice. <laughs> but yeah, still on Twitter. And then at the athletic, um, you can go there and find all my stuff. Um, yeah, so but we didn't get the we didn't get the why I joined the athletic story. Oh, the why I joined the athletic. Um, you know, I'd been at USA Today for a little while. Um, it was five years. Um, the athletic reached out to me. Um, and uh, it was funny because uh, the managing editor, I knew a number of people there. But the managing editor, uh, Dan Uthman, was covering high school sports in um out near Winchester area. Yeah. County yep. or Frederick County or whatever. Frederick County. Um, when I started covering high school sports in my hometown in Fauquier County, um, around the same time. So we kind of knew each other, but didn't, you know, 
never worked together. And he was at the Washington Post and left just before I got there. And he was at USA Today and left before I got there. Um, and so he'd always he said he'd always had his eye on me. Um, and um, he was familiar with my work and now my direct supervisor, um, Allison. She was at the Loudon Extra, which the Washington Post used to put I was like a local um, little paper. And so she was familiar with my work back from my high school days. Um, and so it was kind of all came together. Um, they had a great opportunity. It was um, a new challenge, something fresh, um, uh, you know, another um, you know opportunity to, to step up a little bit. And so uh, I like the way that the athletic, um, they have the mission statement of digging deeper. They give you time to work on stuff and go just beyond box scores and the surface. And so that's what um, everybody tries to do there. It's a great network, great support system. I'm really liking it so far. And, but I do, I was kind of laughing though, because it used to be, we had those two years where you see every other tweet was why I joined the athletic. So, right. you know, and I know you did write something a little bit when you did it, but it's also a lesson for people listening a little, my parental lesson is that your work always matters, no matter what level you're at. Because when Mike was covering Warrington, the same approach that he used then is what he's taking now. So right. that's why you get noticed and people notice you there and they pay attention to you throughout the years and your work doesn't change the work ethic doesn't change and then when they're in position to hire you they do it because they remember you so it always matters that's my little lesson for all you folks out there so anyway mike let's get to the good stuff um all right a week or so ago kind of a bombshell here with the sale stuff first of all how shocked were you when you saw the the uh, the statement from the snyders um, I was very shocked by this statement. Um, the news that they were looking into buyers wasn't as much of a surprise. But then when they put out a statement, it didn't like, you know, because they always, over how many years, when there's a report, either first try to put out something positive, um, some type of spin ahead of time, or they will discredit whatever that report is, even if the report's true. But they did not discredit. And it was like, whoa, they're admitting right. that they are. Now they said we're reviewing all options. But I was like, okay, this is one or two things. Is this really about to happen? He's going to sell this thing. Or I had heard, you probably had heard that they're cash strapped. And, you know, that part of the reason why Rivera might, you know, even if they don't turn around, might be here another year is because they word around the league is that they don't have the money to play pay him and another coaching staff and so i was right. like maybe you know that in the stadium they need more money so maybe they're going to sell off a couple shares bring in some people so they have some money to put towards the stadium but this is big um and then as time went on like that this really is them you know finally taking the nudge it seems and, and preparing to get out is still it's something that every day that you know you hear a little something and you're just like wow yeah he pretty is much doing it this is more shocking than the name change to me oh yeah um, i agree it said never in all caps and you can quote that you know but money talks and then you know they had just put out that statement after the ursa yeah. comments at the owners meeting saying that they weren't going to and that you know again i can't even finish my sentences it's that shocking still yeah. that uh, he's finally throwing in the towel. But you said you weren't surprised. Why not? I mean, there was all the stuff going on, but there was still very adamant about never selling. And right. is it just because? And I don't. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're gonna I'll, for people. I, I'll give them a chance in a second. Hold up. But with with the whole, um, you brought the cast strap thing too, which 
that's been something that has been whispered about for a long time. So right. was that the reason or was there something else? No, um, it was because, look, Ursay went out there and spoke and nobody else did. But right. these owners, the one thing I will agree with Daniel Snyder is these owners, the way they operate it is like the mafia, okay? Um, they are, there's a lot of behind the scenes discussions behind, you know, behind the scenes plotting and everything. And I do not for a second think that Jim Ursay walked out there and just randomly spoke on his own, just on a whim because the, here's the scene. So the, the, it's a hotel lobby. We're just off of the lobby. There's a, a velvet rope that us reporters have to stand behind and the owners walk through the lobby and they go up these stairs to go to the meetings and a session was going on. Um, and, you know, owners had been coming and going, but they, you know, just a little hello or whatever, not really talking. Ursay comes across the lobby, like he's going back to the meetings in the middle of a time when we knew that there was a session. So it's kind of like, what's he out for? But he comes and he he goes by the, uh, he walks with these kind of almost like, they almost like ski poles, these kind of like canes, I guess, to support him a little bit. And he comes up to the banister of the stairs and he hands his ski poles. I'm sorry, I don't know what, what else you call them, but they look like that. He hands them to an assistant and it's like he camps out like, oh, this guy's going to talk for a little while. Um is like he wanted to talk and, you know, he's discussing kind of the scene in the room. And then he says, yes. And there's a lot of difficult discussions. And someone said difficult. Well, you know, is, is, you know, Dan Snyder, the ownership part of that. And he goes and pontificates for 14 minutes about this. And, you know, then eventually he goes upstairs and nobody else wanted to stop and talk. Um, And it was just very odd. So the fact that, he said that and did that. And Roger Goodell saying he wasn't at all surprised that Ursay had those feelings made me know that, okay, people are talking about this. And Ursay said that he hoped that by the spring meetings in the Mar- in March that they would be in a position to be able to vote. Um, so that meant that, and he said he believed that they had the votes. Now, no vote had been talk- taken, but it just let me know that the discussions behind the scenes were ongoing and that i did know that there were whispers that they would much rather and i think it had been reported that they would much rather him just go ahead and sell the thing and not have it get to a vote and so i imagined that there was going to be pressure applied i did not think that this pressure was going to just hit like that right now i thought maybe closer to like just before you know maybe after the season as we're heading towards those owners meetings in march that then maybe some word would leak out that jerry had gotten his ear or somebody had been like okay roger had stepped in saying you need to go ahead and and move with this so the timing was very surprising but the fact that there had been some nudging to get him to go ahead and do that is not surprising to me but the fact that just that quickly after Ursay talking really let me know that, okay, yeah, there has been pressure, there has been discussions, and uh, this thing is moving along. Do you think there's any chance it's just a limited partnership that would come in? Do you think anybody would do that? Or do you think this is just a – And it, listen, all the momentum looks like a full sale, but do you think it's absolutely a full sale, or could it still be a limited partnership sort of situation? I guess you never say never. But it definitely seems like this is a full sale. Um, when it first happened, 
the question when I asked around, somebody said, well, you don't know, you know, if he's trying to bring in partners. Um, but ever since then, when I check in with people, there's not a whole lot of information, but no. the sense is that it is, this is a full right. sale. Um, and we see a number of ownership groups lining up and things like that. So that also tells me it's not people saying, hey, I'd like to buy in. The only person who said I'd like to buy in uh, is RG3, um, you know, and I think he was saying that, you know, jokingly, um, but you never know with that guy. But nobody else has been kind of saying I'm interested in buying in. Everything we hear is this group is interested in buying in this group. So that lets me know, that, again- Denver that Bronco heavy hitter groups too, right? right. I mean, in exactly. some cases. Credible people who have had exactly. discussions with the league and have been in this process, that lets me know that they made some behind the scenes phone calls to say, hey, what is this? And what are the opportunities? And okay, now let me start lining stuff up because I am interested. So that's why I do think that it is full sale and not just uh, looking for some reinforcements. But is, I mean, there's a realist, the quickest it could happen would be by March, correct? I mean, that's almost like that would be the the fast, don't you think? Yeah. Because that's when the owners would have to vote on it. And that would be it. But that would be a fast sale, right? And is that possible? Um, I do think that it's possible. Um, I don't think there's any way it's faster than that. I'm trying right. to remember what the timeline was when um, – uh, they they sold the Panthers. Um, the Broncos thing went on for a while. The Panthers was not as long. Um, quicker. He he went. Yeah. I think it was December, late mid to late December. He announced it. Right. I thought they were approved in the spring. Right. right. Yeah. See, that's what you know. So that's why March makes a lot, a lot of sense because this is a little bit longer than that. Because here we are. This started the wheels started in October. Here we are, November. Um, and again. That's when they'll have their meeting. You know, they always could have another special meeting, but it makes sense that that would be there. Um, that gives everybody time um, to get their ducks in a row and have their their pitches and then uh, the voting on that. Um, so I don't think before then, um, after then, you know, it's possible, but that seems like the sweet right. spot. March. How do you think this is, situation is viewed? And, and- it's hard without talking to a Jeff Bezos, who's in one of the names, Mattis Bia, one of the names without there. But when you talk to the people around the league, how do they view this situation as a purchase and what could happen here with new ownership? I think, and again, this is not, I have not talked to any prospective owners. Right. Just talked to some people in the league who hear different, you know, um, things um, that I think that they look at this saying like, okay, look, this franchise is very valuable despite all of the ridiculousness that has gone on and the attendance has not been great and everything. If we can turn and whip this thing around, um, it has the the real potential. You know, they know that the fan base is hungry for a change. You know that there's fans that have gone away and are staying away that will likely come back once there is, you know, new ownership and a a fresh approach. Uh, So I think that people kind of see this as a reclamation project uh, that, you know, when you look at this house and you're like, okay, you know, it's got a good structure. uh, You got to fix this, got to fix that. But there's not a whole lot. If we put this amount into it, the value is going to jump. I think that they look at it like that, uh, where, okay, this is still one of the um, long storied franchises in the NFL. It has been in a bad way for a long time now. But if we're smart about this, it's not going to take us a whole lot to turn this thing around. And we know that this location, this this fan base um, 
likes to support a football team if they're about winning. And so I feel like that's why you've seen a number of ownership groups, um, you know, because there's a good amount of interest. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a gold mine for someone to come into because they own right now they own the stadium. You, you're going to get a new stadium with the new stadium. You can build around there and develop all that, that they, that this group that the Snyder's wanted to do. So you have a way to increase your money like that. The NFL right. is only going up. And, you know, I think because like you said, like if you, part of the problem here has been ownership and, and people rebelling against it and, you know, and the tearing down of what had been an iconic franchise. Right. So it just feels like it's a, it's ripe to shoot up high with the right ownership. So right. if you remember, like when Dan Snyder came in, there were people who were excited because he's young and brash and aggressive, you know, so you never know what you get, but we know, you know, people know what it's been like too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, there you uh, go. figure, okay, it can't get much worse. No. I mean. and- Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We both hear from a lot of fans who would who would welcome that change quite a bit. And I talked to Chris Russell, who was saying that people were calling them on the air and in tears with wow. joy at the possibility of this. And yeah. you know, I remember like as I'm a Cleveland guy, when LeBron James came back, that's how people reacted. It was as if the Cavs won a title that day that he announced. They were so happy. And like right. that's what some of that feeling will be. But I also think that people are gonna until it happens. They're going to say like, well, you're you're never going to, you know, you don't want to get that ball pulled away from you. So anyway, right. you know, but is there anything else to add on that, you think? No, no, I just agree with you. I just think that, you know, this franchise, these fans have suffered for so long. They've seen so many different approaches. They've seen a million different coaches, million different quarterbacks. You've seen a lot of spending. You've seen frugal approaches and none of it has worked. And all of it is traced back to um, this guy with his, you know, just, just awful and embarrassing behavior. And so um, there, there's a sadness that's been going on for a long time by people who feel like I love this team, but I can't support it. So if there's new ownership, I mean, look, it's going to take time. You know, they're not going to just be winners in year one, that ownership has to come in and show that they can connect with the community. Um, They also have to show they can put the right football people in place so it's going to take time but just the hope um you know this thing has not gone through yet but the fact that there is the possibility has just given people around dc um a degree of optimism that hey maybe um this thing is going to turn around and i think that owners prospective owners see that and that's what fuels their optimism to want to buy in um to this here 
And let's switch to the football side because that's important too here. And I want just a few minutes on this team and then the Eagles a few minutes as well. So, and by the way, one thing that people need to do when you you talk about the athletic, your, your observation stuff is always a good stuff. So that's one of the benefits of reading, Mike, is getting those observations from the games throughout the week, et cetera. So there you go. But with this team, how do you think they are viewed, especially because this is Ron Rivera's third year? You know, there are obviously a lot of questions. How is How are they viewed outside of around the league? Um, you know, when I talked to people um, as they were entering the season about where they were, I think that this is about what people expected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was skepticism about Carson Wentz uh, because, look, he has not looked like that MVP candidate guy from 2017 in a long time. He wasn't awful um, in Indianapolis, but there were people who felt like, OK, you know what? He was solid. He'll still be an upgrade over what they had. Right. Which I uh, thought they would be, yeah. You know, yeah, you know. Um, but a lot of, when I asked around, felt like, you know, this roster really has not improved in a whole lot of areas since Ron Rivera took it over. Uh, maybe here and there, wide receiver group is stronger. Um, the defensive, defensive front is stronger. But, you know, as a whole, it's not dr- dramatically better. Um, and so, um, you know, I don't see anybody haven't hawked anybody who felt like they were going to be really competitive this year. Um, they felt like they might be, you know, around 500, a little bit better, possibly if everything went right. Um, you know, and you're thinking, okay, if they can help Carson Wentz get back to what he was, um, if this defensive front can be what they have the potential to be with all those first round picks, um, you know, then yeah, maybe this team could, you know, be in that, you know, just above 500 range. Um, but, you know, they've had injuries. Um, there have been, you know, struggles and everything like that. So them being hovering right around 500 is probably the accurate, um, you know, thing here. There's nobody that I talk to. It feels like they're going to flip a switch down the second half of the season. Um, there will be, you know, weeks where they um, lose tough games, just like we saw on Sunday. There are a couple weeks where maybe they win one they shouldn't have, and then there's going to be some where they lose ugly. Um, they're just a a middling team right now um, because there's just you know there hasn't been consistency along the line. There hasn't been consistency at quarterback. There, you know, and so um, both those spots. It comes back to that, man. Right, it does. You got to win in the trenches. You got to have good quarterback play. Um, and you can duct tape some stuff together and you know steal a win here or there. But when it really comes down to it, the teams that are at the best are the teams with really good line play and good quarterback play. And you know, it's funny because before the season, I had a few of the beat reporters on, and I think most of us fell in that they could win and they they were in that seven to 10 win range. Right. And if it all goes well, it's 10 wins. And if you've got a few issues, it's going to be seven wins. And I think they're on pace to being right in that category. I think what's happened is some other teams in the division are a lot better than exactly. people thought it would be. So it, it exacerbates what's going on here. Um, and I think that's kind of a problem as, as, as well. What do you do with, you know, what do you, what do and I don't know how much you're talking to people about Taylor Heineke or anything like that, but I'm curious what what you would hear from people about him and what you think might happen going forward with him. Well, I have heard from people who feel like, man, like they really messed up trading for Carson Wentz because, um, you know, the numbers aren't that much different. And look, last year even, 
Wentz and Heineke's numbers, I think they had similar touchdown totals. The difference was the interceptions. Heineke had more interceptions. I, Wentz had like 27 and 7. Taylor was 20 and 15. Different situations. So. Right. Different situations. Right. But I mean, as far as like, you know, the, the it wasn't dramatically like right. you're getting a guy who threw for 45 touchdown passes, you know, and you know, whatever. Um, but when you look at the numbers this year, I think the offense was averaging like 17 points a game under Wentz, and it's 19, you know, in Heineke's, you know, last three. Um, yardage is very similar right here. A lot of people feel that I've talked to do feel like they messed up um, and that the biggest thing, you know, yeah, you look at Heineke, he's limited. You see, you know, in the pocket is where you really see it, where you yeah. can't step up and make those throws, um, you know. But the big thing was that the fact they took on – not only did they give up the three for the three draft picks, you know, it was the second and a third and a conditional, uh, but taking on that $28 million in salary cap, you know, was really something that it's like, man, they would have been better off rolling with Heineke and, you know, Sam Howell and using that, uh, those picks and that money for other needs. Um, and now they're going, going to have to go and again, figure out what they got to do at the quarterback position, because the answer, um, you know, went does not look like, you know, that is it. Um, and Heineke, obviously, great spark plug, you know, uh, for a little bit, but eventually turns back into a pumpkin. Um, so it's almost like another lost season at the quarterback position. Yeah, and, you know, in, in all full confession, I was one of the ones that said, well, he's he's going to be an upgrade of nothing else. Right, I did too. And, and so, I, so it's yeah. hard because – but in hindsight, you know, I mean, it, it's – here's what I say in hindsight – they needed to do a better job upgrading that offensive line and replacing what they lost. And they right. didn't do that. And so if you had, that however you invested That was another point. Somebody said to me, you should have saved that money and kept flowers um, for your offensive line um, rather than give it to him. Because, you know, look, I don't know if he was, but he was, he was solid. Um, he was solid. You know, solid. And, and now, you know, you see that line is, you know, there's, there's issues there. Um, and so, yeah, the, those resources could have been allocated a little bit better. Um, and I, I, again, I thought, hey, you know, he's bigger, he's more athletic. Maybe he just needs to be somewhere where he knows he's really right. wanted. Maybe they can help him. Um, and you know, he talked a good talk, um, but he's just not as aggressive as they need him to be. And you know, Heineke is that, but he's just limited, you know, skill wise. You know, and, it, and it's yeah, and and it's funny because like with Heineke, is still a, he's not a finished product. I'm right. never, he's never going to be at maybe a certain level because the the ceiling isn't as high and everybody's going to talk about it. We'll say the same thing, but he's not a finished product because he can still learn things. He's only started 19 games in the NFL. Right. And then with Wentz is coming into a new offensive situation. So he's learning a new offense. So in fairness to him, right. there's also, you can get better as well in this offense. The hard part is again, do you, will you get the consistent protection to be able to do that. And are you being put in the right situations to maximize your potential? Right. Which That's is awesome. why, you know, there was, you know, Frank Reich didn't want to get rid of him because he thought, Hey, a second year, you know, right. maybe we can help him take a leap, you know, but again, when you're starting all over, you're learning new terminology, yeah, not to play fast as you, as you were, it's not second nature. You're thinking a lot. Um, and I think that gets, you know, underestimated, you know, people don't think about that, you know, just saying stuff a different way and knowing, you know, where your protections are and, you know, everything and all that stuff. It, it is a lot that goes into it, but they needed him to be better. And then, so let's switch to the Eagles too now, because these guys play Monday. I only want to keep a couple of minutes. Always appreciate your time. Kept you on too long. People will like it, but I know it's, you know, you got time to do. So let's get this. 
how good are the Eagles and how surprised are you by what they've I, we know they're good, but how surprised are you by what they've done so far? Yeah, I um, am surprised. There were some people who were talking, you know, hey, maybe Super Bowl contenders or whatever before the season. I was like, okay, look, that's yeah, yeah, that's a little bit strong. But hey, they really have done a very good job of retooling. You know, they didn't strip this thing down and go through a five-year rebuild process. You know, Um, the culture change did not take that long. Um, But they, what they do to understand is, okay, we got a quarterback that we believe in. Now let's give him the tools to help elevate him. And that's what we've seen with a lot of young quarterbacks this year, whether it's him, whether it's Tua, um, you know, uh, is, okay, we're not going to put too much on him. Yes, he's our guy. He's the straw that stirs the drink. But they got him A.J. Brown, which was fantastic, to go with Devontae Smith. They've got a good, you know, a decent running game. Their defense um, is really good. So I am very surprised at the leap that Jalen Hurts took. I thought he would improve. Didn't think they would be, no way in the world. I thought they'd be undefeated right now. Um, and just the way that everything is clicking on both sides of the ball. When I ask around, people say they, they are indeed one of the most complete teams in the league yeah. and probably the most complete team in the NFC. Now, will that translate to, you know, them, you know, winning, you know, the, the NFC? I don't know. Once we get to the postseason, some things change. They have been there before. Uh, last year, they got a taste. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, the, the NFC is down. Uh, there's quality teams, but there's some teams, a lot of them, they just you got questions about. Like even the Vikings, I don't find them very convincing for whatever yeah, reason. Man. You know? Um, this team had them. You know? Cowboys got some, you know, some questions about them as well. Um, you know, obviously – the 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 bucks are not the bucks that we knew the packers are you know a disaster the rams bad shape san francisco they look like they're going to be training the right way so if the a full force san francisco in an eagles team uh, you know that should be a really competitive but i don't know how it plays out who wins uh that thing if it's you know a playoff matchup and and uh, I want to look at the Eagles roster construction because that's been part of the issue here is roster construction. And when you look at it, their line is really good. Right. And the funny thing is, like, with Jalen Hurts, it, it also feels like while they believed in him, maybe they weren't quite sure if they should be sold on him. But what they did do is they gave him a chance, say, okay, we're going to give you all this stuff around you. Go do it or we'll have – but then what I also loved about what they did is they set themselves up for the future. So if Jalen Hurts doesn't do well, they got extra picks to go up and get another guy. I right. think it was just smart management. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, hey, this is a young guy. He may or may not. Regardless of who our quarterback is, you got to be able to protect him. You got to have a strong defensive line, you know, a strong defense, you know, back him. So, again, we talked about it. Hey, quarterbacks and wide receivers are sexy, but the line play on both sides is big, and they really invested in both of that. Um, and like you said, it is a good situation for any quarterback to step into, whether it was Jalen Hurts or whether it was a replacement um, next year. So the last thing I want to leave you on, so we can end on a positive note for Washington fans, Terry McLaurin. What you know? What if you know? What do you? What are your thoughts on him? I mean, that's open ended, but what are your thoughts? Well, that was my biggest surprise is that he did not become best friends with Carson Wentz that Carson Wentz did not seem to look to him and it's just like what are you doing and I had heard that like as far as like in the locker room and like they were doing things to build chemistry and everything when I say best friends just meant like on the field you know 
he was a forgotten man so much. It has been great to see. That's the one great thing about Heineke is Heineke knows, you know, hey, look for number 17. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, they the way they spread the ball around, you know, Curtis Samuel gets his shots and stuff. But, um, you know, McLaurin, it was like, man, he just got paid and he's like the forgotten man. I'm happy for him um, that now it's like, OK, he's back to being the the feature the focus of the passing game like he should have been because the guy is consistent he plays the game the right way um he's he's really talented um and probably you know underrated um but now but you, you got to have opportunities the quarterback's got to look your way and i kind of wondered like why are they not placing a stronger emphasis on getting him the ball now you know you see that's going on and he's delivering like it looked like he could have before he got his payday He's been a, a nice story to cover given where he started. I mean, he's a third round pick with talent. That's not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but nobody expected this. And it's also the humility he has shown throughout this um, that has been, it's, he's a, he's very refreshing to cover. And that sounds, as and, I'm describing a piece of gum or mint, but like he's a really refreshing guy to cover. But also, look, you know, you hear the saying, game recognizes game. Yeah. It speaks volumes that star players on other teams are, are you know, whether it's Jeff, Jeff Justin Jefferson yeah. or Kevin Durant or whatever. Yeah. People recognize what he does yeah. and that he's legit. It's not just he's good because he's here and we, you know, the, the you know, he's the, the uh, yeah, he's actually legit. Um, and um, it, it is, like you said, it's refreshing. It's been one of the few refreshing storylines um, that, you know, Thank God for Terry McLaurin, because what else, you know, would you have to hang on to? Oh, my God. If they had lost him, the, the, there would have been crickets in that building on, on, on game day. So, Mike, I appreciate your time. Always informative. People got to check him out. Go do it. Get subscribed to The Athletic. It will not break your bank, and it'll be worth it. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Cakes. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Mike for joining me, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back this weekend, I believe on Sunday, I don't, probably Sunday morning, with my keys and predictions for the game for Monday night's contest at Philadelphia. We'll talk to you next time.